Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Amen. Go with me if you have your Bibles or your iPad or your phone. It's okay. I'm Def Jam, so y'all know I got an iPad up here. I'm paper Bible saved, but I got an iPad up here. Um, And so turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. Father, we thank you. God, we give you all the glory all the honor, and Lord, all the praise. Now we ask, God, that you consecrate this moment, that you hide us, oh God, behind your cross. We ask, oh gracious Heavenly Father, that our private prayers translate to what your people need today. God, you have already saw this moment in eternity. And Father, we are just walking in obedience praying, God, that you manifest, not for me, but God, for your people. God, may the words of my mouth be seeds that plants in the life of your people, that it springs up and proves to be evidence in the life we live after this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Second Kings chapter 6. We'll begin reading at verse 13. The Bible says, go and find where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elijah, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elijah prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled, somebody say filled, with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced towards him, Elijah prayed, Oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. As you go to your seat, can you tell your neighbor, look them eyeball to eyeball, and tell them, decisions, decisions. Ah, so I have a confession, new birth. I I happen to like 
watching movies when I'm sitting at home on the couch. And uh, truth be told, I never really watch new stuff. I'm always watching the same movies over and over again. I, I, I watch the same movies I've seen 20 million times. I know all the words. But you know what? I, I watch the movie like I never saw it. <laughs> and, but I still recite all the lines in the movie like I'm the main character. I don't know about you, but every time I just feel like it, I'll turn on Dreamgirls. And, and I, know every, I know every line. I, I might be Effie. I'm, I'm not sure. It depends on what day it is. I don't know if I'm Effie or, or somebody else in the movie. Uh, my Christmas season can't start without me watching The Preacher's Wife. And uh, even though I can't sing, I know all the lyrics, like my name is Whitney Houston. I got to watch this Christmas. And it's not a movie, but I always randomly got to turn on Insecure or old episodes of A Different World. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but when I was talking to my therapist about it, don't judge me, because we, we, we believe in the altar and the couch. Amen? <laughs> when I was talking to my therapist about it, my therapist said to me, repeated viewing fulfills an emotional need. It gives us comfort, and it lets us think that we have a sense of control over our lives. But new birth, here's the truth of the matter. We don't have half the control that we think we have. And sometimes, new birth, the facade that you're in control will cause you to make choices and decisions that are familiar but are detrimental to your progress. Now, I told you I like movies, so forgive me if this is an old reference, but um, I, I, I happen to watch Twilight. I am a teacher, so I'm around teenagers all the time, so I know the Twilight series really well. I don't really like it, but I've seen all five parts of the series and probably know too much about it. Don't, don't tell nobody yet. Um, but what I do know about the Twilight series is in this battle with Bella, she is fighting between choosing Jacob and Edward, uh-huh, Jacob the werewolf, Edward the vampire. But if you look really closely at this storyline, Bella's choice was really between life and death. So when she chooses Edward the vampire, she had to die. And even though we see parts four and five of the movie, after she makes this decision, Everyone around Bella is essentially the walking dead. People of God, you have to understand that there are times in your life when you will make decisions that have lasting effects on you and everyone attached to you. And it may even change the trajectory of your life. You know, should I stop at Starbucks this morning? Uh, it's going to affect how awake I'm going to be for my first period class. Should you quit this job and should you quit this job and start that business? That's going to affect either your income or your quality of life. Should I start going to the gym or should I make this Chipotle run this quick? Real quick, it's going to affect. It's 
going to affect some things. Lasting effects because life is indeed a chess match and every decision you make has real life consequences. Let's look at our text. Second Kings says there is a, ch- in Second Kings, there is a choice that needs to be made. Somebody say there's a choice. When we get to verse 13, we're actually in the midst of the drama between Elisha and the Aramaic king. A few verses up, the Bible tells us that, the, that Elisha's prophetic gift allowed him to warn Israel's king every time the Aramaic king planned to attack. So the Aramaic king decided to send his army to seize Elisha, say to seize him. Can I pause real quick and tell you that the last attack you experienced, or maybe even the one you're in right now, was for this one very reason. It was simply because of what is on you. Can I tell you, new birth, that in fact it is your it is your anointing that attracts attacks. The gift on your life is what attracts the enemy. It is what you are called to do that attracts attack. I'm trying to help you this morning because the frustrations you're experiencing are not because of any other reason, but because of the fact that even the enemy can see the power of God that is on your life. The Aramaic king set up this whole plot to attack Elisha because of his prophetic gift and how his gift frustrated somebody else's plan. Do you want to know, new birth, why it is that your name is always in somebody's mouth? Do you want clarity about why it is that you are the one always being called to HR? Do you need help understanding why it is, how it is your name always end up in drama but all you do is mind your own business I hear the Lord saying people of God that it's because you are the intercessor of your family and your friend group it's because you are the one called to build generational wealth in your family it's because it is you it is you that is called to break generational curses. I'm just trying to tell you that it is your anointing that attracts attacks. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's my anointing. It's my anointing. But here's the thing. Everybody that has plotted against you, everybody that got something to say about you, they have forgotten this one thing. They think they see what's on you, but they have forgotten about who is with you. Come on, Holy Ghost. They don't understand that if Elisha had the gift and if Elisha had the anointing to warn the Israel king because he was able to see the plan of the enemy for somebody else, then surely that same gift worked for him. What do you mean, Elder Walker? What are you saying? I mean, if the Lord warned Elisha and told him to hide, the, to warn the Israeli king, then surely the Lord told Elisha that the Aram king was coming from him too. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to let you know, people of God, if the gift that is on your life helps you to help somebody else, 
surely the mantle on your life will help you help yourself. Can you tell somebody, it's on me, it's on me. And even the enemy sees that it's on me. No, I need you to look somebody else in their eye real good. I know you're trying to understand me, but I want you to look somebody and tell them like you the preacher, it's on me. Surely, surely when Elisha woke up and he heard his servant panicking because I'm in the text about the army that was outside, he already knew, he already knew that they were coming. And so when Elijah hears his servant panicking, Elijah literally tells his servant, don't even trip. What you, what you tripping off of? But before we even start shouting about what's with us and who's with us, can I tell you what I don't see in the text? Here's the thing. I don't see, I see an army. I see two. But I don't see neither one of the armies moving. Okay? Let me explain it to you. The Bible says that the Aramean king sent his army to seize Elisha. Say seize. But you have to understand that seizing an art to seize literally means I'm coming. I'm coming for the sole purpose to attack. I'm coming with the sole purpose to capture. And I'm coming with the sole purpose to grab. It's like a grab and go. And so when the Aramean army showed up and they showed up in the cover of night, then what they were supposed to do was sneak in, find out where Elijah was because the spies had already told them where Elijah was. Find out where Elijah was, grab Elijah and go on about their business. That was their orders. But in the Bible, they are not moving. They show up and they're lying in wait. They're sitting there. They're lying in wait. All right. So I see one army and I see in the one army sitting in waiting. And then and then, of course, we know we see we see the army of the Lord. We know that. Right. We know that Elijah prays. He's talking to his servant and he asks for his servant's eyes to be open. We know this part of the text. Say amen. Amen. He opens. He prays for his eyes to be open and his eyes are open. Amen. And then he sees the fiery chariots of the Lord in the hillside. Say amen. Um. But I have to tell you about these fiery chariots because I find it curious that they are just sitting in the hillside. I didn't understand it. And the Lord began to show me with the first. This is the second time in the biblical text that we see fiery chariots. The first time we see fiery chariots is over in 2 Kings with Elijah. And when we see the chariots in with Elijah, the chariots are coming down from heaven. They swoop down. The Bible says in a whirlwind, they grab Elijah and they take them to heaven. Say they take them to heaven. Ah, but it tells me that these fiery chariots are always supposed to be in motion because they come moving. The Bible never tells me that when they show up to get pick up Elijah that they stand and steal. So it tells me that I have these two armies. I have these two armies. I have the Aramean army. I have the army of the Lord. And both of these armies are standing still and I didn't understand. Lord, what are you telling me? How is it that there should be motion in the text but there is no motion in the text how is it that there is no movement and I heard the Lord saying to me uh, you have one enemy on one side 
side. You have the Lord and his, his angels ready f- to fight for you on the other side. And then somewhere in the middle is Elisha. The army is ready to capture. The angelic army is ready to defend, yet nothing happens. And a little later in the text, the Bible says that the Aramean army does finally attempt to advance towards Elijah. Eventually, they do. But I got to show you in the text that if you look carefully at the text, they cannot do so until after, somebody say after, until after Elijah prays for his servant's eyes to be be open. Somebody say after. What did I come to tell you this new birth? I came this morning to tell you that even though your enemies may have you surrounded, they don't have permission to even attempt to harm you until the Lord can trust that you are mature enough to see him and to let everybody attached to you know that this season, this fight has to be done God's way. Somebody say God's way. Somebody say it got to be done God's way. Elijah had an army waiting to fight and defend and they were sitting on go. They were sitting on ready. But rather than call for a fight, rather than call the Lord to fight on his behalf, rather than ask the Lord to defend him, to fight his enemies, Elijah goes into prayer. <laughs> New birth. I left sunny and warm California to tell you that your next decision has to be a God decision. Listen, and something else I don't see happening in the text is with all the fighting that could have taken place, there is no fighting. Say there's no fighting. There's no fighting. Elijah doesn't even fight. And this is what I want you to take with you this morning. Look at your neighbor, because I am a Baptist girl, and tell your neighbor there will be no flesh fights. No flesh fights in this season. The battle that you up against, or maybe even the next one, the one that is on its way, cannot be fought with your flesh. Listen, people of God, I came here to tell you, you don't even have permission to retaliate against the enemy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you know how to get people off of you. I know you know how to get their name out of your mouth. I know you know how to be petty. I know you know how to stand on business. I know you know. I know you know what to do. I understand it, but people of God, you got to understand that there comes some times where you got to make up your mind that come hell or high water, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to stand flat-footed on what God said and I'm gonna stand flat-footed on the fact that the Lord fights for me I'm gonna stand flat-footed on the fact that the Lord said that vengeance is mine said the Lord you ain't gotta fight you ain't got to fight what your chest tight for, what your shoulders tight for, what your fists tight for, what you upset about. Don't you know you serve a God that got angelic hosts waiting to fight on your behalf? Better yet, don't you know that you serve the same God that over in Exodus told the Israelites to stand still 
real. This fight is mine. <laughs> I know. I know. I know they coming for you. I understand. I know they running your name low. We know what the rumors say. We know what the Facebook posts say. We don't care. We see the subliminal posts. We don't care about that either. We know about the backroom meetings. We don't care about them either. You better tell somebody we don't care because no matter what you try to do, I'm fully convinced that I got the Lord on my side. I don't care what you do. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you think about me. I know the Lord. I know the Lord, baby. I know the Lord. And I know he's fighting for me. I know he don't play about me. I happen to know that I'm daddy's favorite. I happen to know he circles the block for me every time. So I happen to know that if you take, listen, I'm anointed. I'm the called of God. So I happen to know if you touch his anointed. But you better know that for yourself. You better know that for you. You better put your hands on your chest and tell, let the devil know he don't play about me, baby. So you know what you got to do? You know what you got to do? You got to make up your mind that you are going to do it your way. Because here's the contingency plan, new birth. Yeah, he is for you. Yeah, he is with you. Yeah, he will fight for you. But you got to make up your mind that you're going to take your hands off of it. You can't walk around the office being petty. You can't walk around the church being passive aggressive. You got to let the Lord fight for you. I know it's hard. I know it's hard because we got to get back in our spirit. I know it's hard, but listen, people of God, you got to make up your mind. Haven't you, listen, you too old in your big age. In your big age, you are too old to be walking around here talking about who you about to fight and who you about to cuss out. You too old, you too experienced, you too mature, you got too much to lose. There are too many people attached to you at this point and there are too many eyes on you. Do you think you really have the luxury if you are mentoring people and pouring into people, do you really think you got the luxury to be loose with your mouth? No, you don't. You don't. You do not. You do not, people of God. So you got to make up your mind that I'm going to do this the Lord's way. Say, I'm going to do it the Lord's way. You have to make a decision today. I suggest you make it today about how you are going to handle it, how you are going to do it. Listen, yes. I want to show you one thing. I want to show you one more thing. Elisha's prayer, Elisha's prayer was really God when he prayed about the Aramean army he really prayed Lord hide me from my enemies <laughs> Elijah's prayer did did not change whether or not they could see him this wasn't look at the text it's not an issue of sight it's an issue of perception because they could still see they saw him 
but they thought he was somebody else. It was not an issue of sight or visibility. It was an issue of, somebody say, perception. Ah, Elijah's first prayer was, Lord, let those that are attached to me perceive your presence. But his second prayer might as well be, Lord, let your enemies see me differently. Ah, Lord, hide me from my enemies, Lord. Can I tell you that the next decision that you make can either confirm or it will refute what the people say about you. Uh-uh, uh-uh. The perception changes, and then uh, 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 you have to understand. Uh, you have to understand their perception changes. They see Elijah differently because he chose to handle the situation differently. Woman of God, man of God, son of God, daughter of the king. Can I tell you that you have the Lord's name on you? So what you do? The decision you make is either go embarrass God or it's going to make him proud. <laughs> can I show you can I show you something this morning I hear God saying today that you have the opportunity to make a decision that will alter the next 12 months of your life and new birth I wish that you would choose this day life come on somebody your decision makes the world of a difference it's your next decision that will determine if they see God or if they see their assumptions about you. It's your next decision that will embarrass God or make him proud. It's your next decision. It has to be a yes, Lord, I will do it your way. Come on, new birth. The next decision has to be yes, Lord, I will obey. Your next decision has to be I'll go where you want me to go. Your next decision has to be I will say, oh God, what you want me to say? Hold on, let me fix it. I will say it how you want me to say it because that mouth is slick, right? Your next decision has to be, Lord, if you tell me to go left, I'll go left. And if you tell me to go right, Lord, I will go right. Your next decision has to be to choose God. Here's the truth. Sometimes we don't make God choices because we really don't trust him. And here is the dessert. There really is more with you than there are those that are not with you. So if you would just rest yourself in the trust of the Lord, touch your neighbor and tell them more, more, more. Tell them I got more with me. Tell them I could choose God because there's more with me. I can choose God's way because there's more with me. I can choose God's way because there's help on my side. Touch your neighbor and tell them more. Listen, you are safe right now because there is more. Your children are protected because there is more. Your home is secure because 
<laughs> there is more. You are in your right mind because there is more. You, God is still making ways out of no ways because there is more. You got the joy that this world didn't give you and the world can't take away because, because there is a more. Shout somebody, there is more. Now listen, new birth, I want to take these last few minutes to break off of you the things that stop you from making God choices. Ah, Because sometimes it is the things and the people that are attached to us, my God, today, that stops us from choosing God. I want to leave here today and breaking every soul tie, breaking every fear, and breaking every worry. my God God today that stops you from choosing God and I want to give you an opportunity that if you would open up your mouth right now and if you would shout unto God if you would cry out to your Savior then you would let him know Lord I'm ready to be free I want to be free of the bondage that keeps me bound I want to be free of my worry I want to be free of the thing that causes me not to trust you I want to be free of the thing that causes me not to trust you fully. Lord, help me. New birth, do you want to be free this morning? Do you want to be free this morning? Okay, okay, I want you to help me this morning then. Can you help me this morning, new birth? Can you help me help you this morning? Listen, I understand that in my voice, there is a weapon. In my voice is everything that I need to let the Lord know that I'm ready to be set free. So if you have that same weapon in your voice, I want you to lift up your voice right now and shout unto God and let the Lord know, today, oh God, I choose you. Today, oh God, I want you. Come on, new birth, open your mouth. Let the Lord know that you want to be free today. Free God to make decisions. Free God to trust you. Free God to let go of every soul tie. Free God to let go of every stronghold. Free God to let go every addiction. My God today. Lord, free me from everything that keeps me bound. No, I don't hear you, new birth. I don't hear you shouting to God. I don't hear you crying like you want to be set free. I don't hear you shouting like you want to be set free. I don't hear you making noise like you want to be set free. God, I want to be set free today. Lord, I want to be set free today. God, I want to leave this place whole. I want to leave this place better. I want to leave this place, God, with more. I want to leave this place, God, with the confidence that you are with me, that you are on my side. Oh, God, let me pray the same prayer that Elisha prayed in this place. Oh, God, may you open the eyes of your people. Oh God, may you open the eyes of your people today. Dear Heavenly Father, I know you're with me because I know I got more with me than I don't have with me. So gracious Heavenly Father, may your people see you today. Oh God, I see you. I see you, Holy Spirit. So we gonna travail in the Lord today. New birth, I pray that you can see 
that the Lord showed up to fight on your behalf, that there are angelic hosts and there are fiery chariots and there are fiery horses and there are angels with their swords drawn, ready to defend you, ready to protect you, ready to fight on your behalf. But there's one thing I told you in a text, there was no movement in the text and the army of the Lord was waiting on Elisha to call for them. So if you need the angelic host to move on your behalf, if you need the angelic army to fight on your behalf, you gotta call them, you gotta call them, you gotta call them. Say you gotta call them. I say you gotta call them. I don't hear you calling them. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open it louder. Fill this place. Fill this sanctuary with the sound of worship. Lift your hands and tell the Lord, I'm right here. I don't know who else is calling you, but this I know, Lord, wherever you going, whatever you doing, do not pass me by, do not pass me by, cause I'm trying to be set free, I'm trying to do things your way, I'm trying to make things better, come on and shout, shout unto God, with a voice, voice of triumph. Shout unto God like you know he's with you. Shout unto God like you know he loves you. Shout unto God like you know he's fighting for you. Come on, come on new birth. Come on bless the Lord. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.